So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.J. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Cash Flow to Freedom. Today, we are talking about something that we've hit around before, but today is about how to supercharge your wealth. So today, we're going to talk about how to build massive wealth relatively quickly, faster than normal. I don't, and not talking like get rich quick schemes. These are just tactics to use to build income and wealth fast. As always, I got Rock here with me today. Rock, how you doing, man? Doing good. This should be a pretty short podcast. All we got to do is you just got to pay us $97. That's right. Three payments of $97. And, and you're going to you... know everything about how to get massively wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about, or we're having some of this discussion. Rock's looking at a property right now to build that it's residential, but it's right next to like this downtown area and a lot of commercial. So he's looking he's about turning it into like commercial office space and then maybe doing some condos. residential condos yeah. at the top and it, you just purchased another property right yeah the yep. triplex yep the triplex and so as we were we were discussing this and we we're looking at different options and opportunities from it one of the main questions always come down to most of these properties and things uh, in real estate is funding rock was just self-fund and that's how i do most of my projects and we've been talking but when you say self-funding you're still borrowing money. You're still borrowing money. Yeah. And the money you're using is your business income. Right. And uh, this idea here is going to be at the crux of how to bypass decades of wealth building, which is good. We, we, we think about it. You know, we have the four pillars in cash flow to freedom. You have a get out of consumer debt, build multiple streams of income, a scalable process, and then separating your time from your income. This is just proven strategies that are, you know, like basically get rich for sure, right? Just absolutely, this is how you can do it. But two, you're compounding wealth. And this can take time, especially if you don't have a lot of capital to start out with. So there's other ways you can invest, like going out and getting money. Um, there's other things you can do. But if you're really looking at building substantial wealth, and doing it fairly quickly, there's other ways to go about it. And probably they're the one way that most people do, or that I've seen people that I know, which, and things that we've done and what I still do and participate in to build massive wealth quickly is to pair it up with other revenue streams or income. So you have like business, we do business income, wealth strategy, and look at scalable business models um, to kind of really boost this to the next level. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people that will do one and not the other, and they still think they're on that right path. But what you're not accounting for is the, not only the tax implications of having a high income and not being able to offset them with depreciation and other aspects that come from real estate or some sort of, I, I think real estate would probably be the only one that you could depreciate other yeah, than business like, expenses that you yeah, can. Oil investing, right. different energy subsidies and things like that. But, but the nice thing about real estate is that you can offset the income from that real estate with the yes. depreciation. And yes. so that's kind of where you can compound because not only ideally will your property appreciate, but the income you're making off of it is something you don't have to pay taxes on. And as that appreciates, 
you can like what I just did to buy this triplex is I pulled the money out of a duplex I bought five years ago. I didn't pay any money for this triplex and I just tacked on my, I have a line of credit and I pay the $400 a month for the line of credit, but I'm not paying the $400. My tenants in the triplex are paying for that. So I, my numbers all made sense. And so you just acquire, it's like monopoly. You acquire this property and that property, I'm going to force appreciation by building on on that property as well, build a, another unit and improve and make it a fourplex and get it reappraised, pull the money out, pay off the line of credit and repeat. And, and that's when you, when you say business income, that was all started from my business income or my W2 in, into my business. And maybe that's something we should talk about is talk about um, leveraging your job to build your business income yes. and then do the investing um, because that's the real path I went down. But um, having a process where I save a X amount per month, I know in 12 months I'll have this amount and I can look for opportunities that would require that amount of down payment or that opportunity cost. Two, we got to hit on real quick some numbers because what you, you talked about, this is really important. A lot of people don't think about, and it was something that I had a problem with years ago because we had our firm, we were getting sales revenues, commissions off premiums, things like that as we were doing our, our firm. When that income, though, came in, that was taxed at basically the highest amount possible. So let's say that I earned a million dollars, right? I'm going to lose 450000 immediately. Then let's say I want to acquire a million-dollar property. I need to put $250,000 down. Well, that property, I never looked at it like I put $250,000 down. Let's say it made... 2000 a month. So I got a 10% return. Basically that wasn't actually a 10% return because I lost almost half a million to get that property. Yeah. You're not accounting for the taxed income. You're just accounting for what you took in, which, which is, is not real, accurate. That's not yeah. accurate. Yeah, that's yeah. a real loss. Right. And at that rate, if you, if you build out your income and if you look at it at that rate, I was going, this property will almost never make me money. Like, it, the loss is so substantial. Yeah. And think about this. If you're making $100,000 and you're paying $35,000 in taxes, you have 20000 left over to invest because you're living really low. Your amount left over is less than your total loss. It would take you to make that $20,000 or to make that $35,000 back. Um, it would take so much. So in order, one of the surefire ways in order to grow wealth quickly is to figure out and get your money under control. It is to really streamline all expenses, but mainly tax. And we, we've talked about this before, but it's important that we put a framework around tax and what we're talking about. So we've gone out of the last five years, I've maybe paid taxes. I say pay taxes. I'm going to talk about this here. One time it was a very small amount. Now people look at that scenario. Now my properties, we spend millions in taxes. Yeah. So it's not that I don't pay taxes. You just have so much property that you can depreciate. I depreciate. And when you say so much, he's got over a million square feet of storage. So yeah. you're paying taxes to property tax, payroll yes. tax, all these other taxes, mm-hmm. but your My earned, income, earned income right, is tax free. And this is a problem that I have when people are like, oh, you know, you're not paying taxes. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I paid more taxes probably in the last three months than you'll pay in a lifetime. Yeah. And it's the same argument people have with Trump. Yeah. And, and him not, not paying taxes, like, dude, he, he pays so much in taxes. Mm-hmm. It's just his values of his properties. He can depreciate these things. They're, they're, they're skyscrapers. 
Yeah. Of course, he's not going to pay earned income tax on his $300,000 a year salary that he's paying himself. And the reason this is, and there's a good reason, the government was very smart. So the tax system is all it is is an incentive-based system. And if you look at it, it's a wonderful system. If I want to take my W-2 income and if I work at Google and I make $300,000 a year and I want to go buy a Lamborghini, I'm going to get taxed the crap out of because I got to go put $100,000 down on that Lamborghini. That Lamborghini, I'm not going to get depreciation from. In fact, it's going to depreciate in value and I'm going to get a surplus tax on that item. Plus, the government is going to penalize me to uh, because I took that out as earned income. If I would have, instead of taking that earned income out, reinvested that capital into something that helps society, builds infrastructure, that would in turn then allow society to get better. I should get a, uh, uh, get a tax, not refund, but I shouldn't pay tax on that. Yeah, no, I, and I think uh, the way you start that small is you because most most of the people listening to this probably don't have this problem. Um, you let's say you make eighty thousand dollars a year, and you're still gonna get you're still gonna have to pay tax. You might not have to pay tax when it's tax time, but they took it out of your check yeah, the whole took time. Took it out of your check. And you so, didn't get it. Yeah, and people think that's a return. No, they're just no. giving you the money they already took. Yes. You know, it's not like it's not like a reward. Yeah. And the way that. Like when I think about how it works on a smaller scale, I bought this duplex and I was able to, my, my capital expenditures, I was able to improve my property and then write those off. As long as you don't live in the unit that you're, you're repairing, you can save all those expenses. So say you put $3,000 into a unit to do the carpet, to do all, whatever it could be. Yeah. And you can write off that amount on the taxes because you're improving um, an, an investment. Which is which is good for society. That's it's why good. the they yes. want things to look nice instead of you going buying a three thousand dollar TV, which benefits no one. So if you took the money to go buy the TV, right, you're going to get slammed. Yep. But it's also a double reward because not only are you getting off on the taxes, but you're forcing appreciation. Exactly. That's why I keep talking to you about these things that I want to like build on or improve them, because on the short term, yeah, I'm out of pocket money. Yeah. But long term, oh, it's you're you're it's it's millions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so. You know, we and we're. I know we're talking about a lot of more philosophical approaches. Why taxes are in certain ways or not. We're trying to make a point here: is, is tax will keep you poor. It you will have keep to you mitigate poor. it. Yeah. And two, it's penalizing you for not using your money correctly. Yep. In a capitalistic society, if you're not going to build wealth for society and improve things, you're going to get hammered by taxes. So by you not getting not uh, the less taxes you pay, the more the more beneficial you are being to society. So under that framework, if you think about how much money you make, whether it's in business income or earned income, how much of that is coming back to you and how much you're using from it. That's why if you buy like health benefits for employees, the government says, great, we'll let you write all of that off. Yeah. Because that is a huge benefit to society. So you need to be looking at how to use your dollars more appropriately and where you can put it that will produce an income, also produce wealth for you, and preferably before you take it out. Yeah. So before the tax event hits. Now, that's really hard, if not impossible, to do with a W-2 income. Yeah, There's certain ways that we have, like IRAs and 401ks, that allow you to do that. But outside that... Well, and that's locked up. It's, I wouldn't even consider it. Like, it. Yeah, you can't touch it. 
well, I'd consider it if you're going to pay it to the tax anyway. Right. You may as well. You may as well save it. So, but the when you have a business in within the framework of doing that business, you can control those expenditures before it leaves the veil of your company. Mm-hmm. So before you take your income in, you can put that money to work for you pre-tax. This is very important because this can boost your ROI in on dollar for dollar. Yeah, and actually a good, a good point on that is you can actually um, lend out of your IRA. Yes. So you could theoretically buy... I think there's there's rules and there's a lot of regulations to it. Like you can't have your your hands you you have to be removed from it. You can't give your your dad your IRA money to invest. You have to be removed from it. But if some if you want to private lend on an investment or something, you can lend the IRA money tax tax free money, and the return and any like any sort of return goes into your IRA tax free. So so obviously there are ways to build your wealth that way. But but I think the main way you need to look at from the from the start is figuring out your earned income, like what you just said, mitigating your tax burden, and then kind of building your own machine versus relying yes. on an investment like exactly. a, like an IRA. So you know, along with that, IRAs are weird because IRAs and four hundred one ks and I just you know we're not going to spend too much time because that's not what the podcast is about. But I just want to say a lot of people are like, oh, do you believe in them or not? And I'm and I hate that question because I hate how people paint things black and white. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Robert. Kiyosaki says, oh, you're stupid if you invest in a 401k. I'm like, well, if you're a doctor and you have $300,000 and the government's going to take $30,000 of yours and because Robert Kiyosaki said it's stupid, you don't put it into a 401k and you give it to the government, no, you're dumb. I get that you want to get away from the point. I don't fund a 401k or an IRA right now at all because I don't need to. I don't have that income, right, coming in that's taxable because I put it into real estate. And yes, that's what he's saying. But not all people are there yet. So I funded my IRAs and 401ks till I got to that point because it was that or I was giving the government my money. Yeah. So I was either going to put $5,000 in there for me and my wife or I was going to give it. So whether you're doing it or not, I simply look at it as don't let the government get a hold of your money. And they don't want it. That's why they create it. Put it into your savings because if not, they're going to just have to pay for you anyways. But what you want, but you can't. It's just you have such little control over that, like you were saying it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm happy I'm not putting money into it right now because my business itself is almost like an IRA. Yeah. And that's where you build wealth. It really isn't from IRAs and 401ks. That's not how it works. Like Rock kind of mentioned, you're building the machine. And that's where when you're trying to supercharge your wealth, you're trying to supercharge your income without having a machine that allows you to build wealth tax-free or before that that tax bill comes and and scale. Not that it's impossible, but I got to tell you, it's crazy hard unless you make mass amounts of money to where those things don't matter. But for most normal people, the way you build income fast, you build a machine that produces value usually in the form of a business. Like some people, they say, oh, I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a business. I just invest in real estate. And I'm like, well, you're syndicating money, which you get paid fees, things like that. So you do have a business. It's a real estate business, right? Which is great. So if you want to be solely focused on real estate and you want to create a real estate acquisition firm, all those kind of things, then you put that within your veil and then you can write things off. You can allocate company uh, capital in different ways. 
but that machine grows in value. Yeah. And it grows in income, which allows you to capitalize on that value and income and place it into other investments, which this is kind of the beautiful cross and the hockey stick of spiking your wealth because it's, it's, it's math. Like we said, you know, if you're trying to put $250,000 to work because you lost 450 out of your million, well, instead, if you could put 750,000, think how much faster you're going to get to your goal, right? There's, it's not even measurable. It's so much faster. And that's the goal here. This is what you're trying to do in this conversation. A lot of people may not have the appetite for this. This is, I think, it's harder and there's more risk associated with it. Yeah. But the rewards are disproportionate in compared to the other way. Yeah. You, yeah. You build an income that like a business that's, that's um, removed from your time. Ideally, you have systems in place so that you could scale the company and you're making a monthly net income. And then your valuation, when you, if you wanted to sell that business, that's where most people build their, like make their, make their um, most amount of wealth. You, you build a, let's say a $2 million a year revenue business and you can sell it for 1.8 to $2 million. You could sell that and then go roll that into um, another business or investments. And that's the, the reason you want to build a business is because for you to make $2 million making 60 grand a year, it's going to take you decades. And the reality is you probably won't get there just because life happens. There's too many things that you can't foresee. But if you could build a business in six years or 10 years or five years that hits that million dollar valuation, multi-million dollar valuation. And I say that like it's an easy thing to do, but and it's not, yeah. but you can do it. It's just a matter of following certain processes and principles. And it's all out there. All the information's out there. If somebody's done it, so can you. There's no difference between another person, just what they know. No. And so... Well, too, most people, they have expertise in certain fields. Yeah, your core competence. Like, yeah. that's the thing I tell everybody. is like, hey, what are you good at? And then go build a business around that. Yeah. Like, it makes... I don't see why you would spend years and years in the construction industry and then just leave and start a business doing some totally random retail thing. Yeah. Go build a construction business. Exactly. And if you really look at it, most of the business owners that I know are over 30, sometimes over, mostly over 40, and they're running companies or building businesses of things that they did in their 20s and 30s as a job. Absolutely. And they and actually, uh, there was a, uh, what is it? It's like the ecosystem of Boise. Yeah. And the spinoff of, was it Micron? Micron. Yeah. So this is like a, it's like a soul, it's like a, a galaxy. Yeah, it's yeah. the universe. And you can see how Micron spun off literally like probably a thousand businesses. Yeah. So Micron's a big tech company. Yeah. And in, in the picture and how they have it, Micron would be the sun. Mm -hmm. And then all the spinoffs are the planets and asteroids and everything yeah. else like that. And it's crazy because although you have this huge. It built Boise. Yeah, it, it did. Built, yeah. And, and people don't really realize that like most of the, like there's, Micron's a huge company. Huge. Yeah. yeah Fortune what, 400? Yeah. Like yeah. And we have, what is it? Micron HP into it. There's a, there's, there's a bunch a of tech bunch. companies here. Boise Cascade. Yep. And they're all from that, that spinoff. And when I think about it, those spinoffs are from when those guys, those, those people were in their 20s and 30s and they spun off and found a need and they built a business around it and they had the network and there's a lot of things that go into it, but that's the, that's the wealth bridge. Like you build, I mean, your, your, your dad's a great example of that. Yeah. Isn't it, That's a textbook example. Yeah. He did that for a job and then 
he didn't even want to start a business. For my, am I right with this? He didn't want to start yeah. it. He just didn't want to work for his competitor. Yeah, exactly. Which is awesome. Yeah. And that's the story is like you, you stick to what you're good at and you know exactly what's wrong with it. Like I kind of did it too with bodybuilding.com. Yep. I could see exactly what they were screwing up on. And then I just went and did it. And luckily, and this is just luck, direct-to-consumer e-commerce just got really easy in the three years that I worked at bodybuilding.com. So I was able to compete directly with bodybuilding.com without having to raise a ton of money. I could just go do it through my own website with Shopify. Yep. And I did it through our brokerage firm. And it's such a simple example because I even looking around at the multi-billion dollar company that I worked for that spun off what I was doing and what they were paying me to do there. I looked at the effort that it would take me to replace my income. Yeah. Right? Which it, it's to start not, Clearwater. Yeah, to start Clearwater. It's not that it wasn't significant effort, cost, things like that. It wasn't much different, but though. It wasn't much different from what I was doing, anyways. I knew the value. I knew the business because that's what I did, right? I and so and now I, now now you're exploding. Yeah, now we're exploding. And two, I could even if I replace, and this is an important thing to think about. Even if I just replace my income at the business, what you don't see though is that business is also then worth. However much. Yeah, it's an asset too. It's an asset. And the banks look at you now completely different. And the income you get is uh, is lower tax rate. So all of a sudden now you may make the same income, but what you're taking home is definitely not the same. Your balance sheet's not the same. And now you can grow that. You can scale it and the upside's all yours. So most people, this is how businesses start. They either find, they, they find and see value. They understand it. And they create systems to take advantage and produce that value and give it to society. And most people learn it from a job, yep. something they're doing. Now, and if you don't have, if you're like, I don't feel that I have that, go learn it. Yeah. Go to the place. And, I, and I, I tell lots of people this. You should work not where you're going to get paid the most, but the industry that you want to be in and learn. Learn as much as you can to figure out how you can build something on your own from it. Yeah, you need get, mentors. You need a network to do these things. I was, I was going to say, you, I get so annoyed when people are like, oh, no, I can't find a good job. And it's like, well, how much effort did you put into it? Are you looking on the same websites that everyone else is looking on? And if I had, if you put me, I kind of did it, but like I just did it not knowing what I was doing because meeting you. But if I was in 18 again, I would make a list of the top 50 CEOs in my state, in my area, and I'd call them all. And I would set up meetings and, hey, what do you need help with? Let me just help you. Mm-hmm. Not Don't go ask them for a job making 60 grand a year. Yeah. They're not going to give you that. No one's yeah. going to give you that. But if you go in there asking to help yeah. and you just do whatever they ask, it might not even be like you, it, it, it doesn't even have to be work-related. Just help them because yeah. then you build a relationship and somewhere down the line, it might be three people removed. They might say, oh, this guy's got a spot for you and doing sales for this. You know, it could yeah. be anything. And I think a lot of people might like the millennial generation kind of expects this website to feed you up a job description. Oh, here, here, here. Yeah. you got your degree. Oh, here's your $50,000 a year job yeah, and you're off not, to go. And that's just not that's reality. Not works. Well, too, also you, there's a huge lack of, you think because you got a degree that somehow you have value. Yeah. Like that's a huge mistake. A, a value because, over somebody yeah. like over the 7 billion other people. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, and what two, makes you the people that are already doing it. Yeah. They already know the skill. Just because you got a degree in something does not mean you know how to execute right. any kind of value within a business organization. So you go to work in that industry, and most of the time, what you're doing has zero to do with anything that your degree did outside very specific niches. 
obviously like doctors, things like that. And that's why those things are directly tied to that. The point being is even with a degree, you need to get into a place where you can learn. So then you can, exactly. Yeah. You got to be for, you got to build a plan, like a 10, 15, 20 year plan and say, Hey, I I might be doing this for the next five, 10 years and you need to be okay with that. But then maybe think, Oh yeah, I'll work for this brokerage, but then maybe I'll build my own brokerage. Yes. And most of the time, more than likely you get the opportunity sooner because you're working hard and opportunities just come to you. You're networking with people in those industries. You figure out the landscape. And two, when you're in there, you see the flaws. A lot of people look from outside the industries and I love it because they criticize inside the industries and they're like, oh, well, if I was this, I'd do this and make millions, right? But they don't see the reality. You don't see the the reality. Constraints. Exactly. The constraints and the infrastructure or how it works. So they're not diagnosing opportunities right, right. And then their business fails. Yeah. The people within the industry can diagnose problems and solve them. And they can then do that under an umbrella of a business. And that's the value that is received. And because they can do that correctly, the risk goes down. So it, you know, and two, I'm not saying that if you're not within a business or an organization that you can't, but you need to be able to accurate to not just accurately, you need to be able to really understand the problem that you're you're solving and And understand if it's really a problem. That's, that's how you build, bringing it back. That's, you can't become super wealthy or build a big business without filling other people's needs, helping other people. Yeah. That's the only it's thing the only that way. no one's going to get the, think about it logically. You only give your money to something or someone because you want something from them. You need something from them. It's not the, it's not just because no. they're doing because yeah. they think it's a good idea. Yeah. That's not why you give people your money. And I think when you break it down logically, you won't get there with a W2. Like we said, you need to have a business yes. and I think you need to have the right business because a scalable business. And this is something that you noticed with the brokerage versus the real estate. You can't build a business or it depends on your goals too, because because sometimes that's just a great, you might be happy with your high income or high cash business. Yeah. But I think if you're trying to build massive condensed time and build massive wealth, you need to put, you need to basically get hard assets. You need something where your high cash flow can get into some sort of an asset that will pay itself down from without you, you leverage using yep. leverage, you, it pays itself down, it pays you, and it appreciates. Well, and this is where it comes into the like the gold, Goldilocks effect. And now that I've run both high cash flow businesses, I I run and own both high cash flow businesses and high um, real estate businesses. Really, you need both. When we came and when we sat down and we were trying to figure out how to build wealth, and really when we were goal planning a long time ago. The, the problem was, is I identified all the things that were wrong with our currently situation and the what income. Were they? Give me so some examples. Perfect example is the income that we were derived created the fact that we were on a treadmill. Yeah. So I created this business that was high income, but I was still like working a ton of hours, working a ton of hours. And it, and it was still sales based. The re- I didn't own the revenue streams. They, they were coming you. from clients. They could fire me and end that at any time. So that value could fluctuate and income can fluctuate massively. And that is happening, right? right? Like people, yeah. people do fire you all the time. All the time. Yeah, it yeah. happens all the time. And you got to go out and get new clients. And that's just the nature of the beast. So because of that, it creates a point where we, I never felt like I was free. I'm not, And so I realized all of a sudden I'm rich, but I'm not wealthy. Now, real estate assets, they can produce mass amount of wealth, 
But two, most of the time, they're not generating huge amounts of income and they're not scalable in a way that business is scalable. And let me explain. You can scale real estate horizontally. By getting more. By getting more. One, one storage facility, another storage exactly. facility, another storage facility. Business, you scale vertically. Yep. And more clients, more sales, more, sales, more products, more you customers. Go to a bigger market and they all pile onto that business. Yep. yep. And so you can go from one to selling thousands, okay. right? My one storage facility or apartment building, if that apartment building has 100 doors, it's not magically going to have 1,000 doors. You know, yeah. it's, it's, that's 10,000. 10,000 doors. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. So when you're looking at those two things, I realized I needed both of them. I needed to be able to scale horizontally with hard assets that produced cash flow and income that created wealth. And then I also needed an income-based one. We had our – these were the two sides. Now, we also included another one, a third side, which I call scale. But what it really means is that it can go to market and it can scale quickly without the need of manpower per unit. So I, it doesn't take a person to add on an extra unit of revenue, yeah. which you look at businesses like that, which are generally like you know, SaaS products are a perfect one. That's why we've invested very largely into a software system because what it takes to service 100 properties with a property management system, it takes almost the exact same thing to service a million. Yeah, It's not much different. So you can scale very quickly. So these three things were the, the basically the stool with these three legs that we created that would generate mass wealth very, very quickly. Um, and it worked. It propelled us to, you know, a hundred plus million real estate assets and great cash flow and all those things and two systems we could separate our time from our money. But how those inner work together, if I would have just gone one without the other, it, it wouldn't... You, you, you almost know, get penalized because of the taxes. Yeah, absolutely. And the one that we had before, the taxes were so huge, I could never accrue mass amounts of real estate assets because the loss is so great, it almost becomes like, why? Why yeah. even do it? And and with, like, say you say you started without the high income and you just started buying storage facilities... Well, one, you it, it would take you so long without a high income to buy one storage facility. Yep. Or you go raise money and you own 30% of a storage facility mm-hmm. and you don't have the control. So yep. you you did it. I don't know if you did this on purpose that right, but you nailed it because you most people when they have a high income like like you did, they'll go buy a multi-million dollar house, they'll go buy really nice cars yeah. and they'll trap themselves into that lifestyle. Whereas you could see, oh, this is I could, like you could have done that, and you probably would have been fine too, but you kind of took four steps back, laid it all down, and you acquired what is it, twelve facilities, yeah. and now you're building your lifestyle off of that. Yes. Wow! But it doesn't limit you at all. Yep. Because now you're starting the you started the another brokerage and you're starting all these other lines. Yep. And you basically took steps back to build your baseline right. Well, and that's how I look at living. I look at so. For our machine to work, it had to fulfill three things. First of all, it had to cash flow, a.k.a. it has to be profitable. Yeah. It has to cover its expenses, generate a profit to invest in that real estate asset. The second part of it was I needed to also be able to reinvest back into the business. So what that means is it couldn't be a stagnant thing that pays my bill. Mm-hmm. It needed to be able to grow. Then on top of that, it needed to be able to pay me. And I knew it wasn't done, so I didn't take any money out till we got to that point. Yep. Till it could pay me, I could keep reinvest, keep growing it. Now I can live off that 
while not being an anchor to it. Right. Then you add in these other lines that I can pour back even further into it, compound it faster. Yeah. So you're right. So I, I set though my living off the wealth, not off the income. That's yeah. not where my living expenses and that's not how I, I set up my lifestyle. And a lot of people aren't there, but what I do, cause I'm not there like, like at the level that you're at, but what I would do is I would take it like so you have 100% of your income. And I, I think I even got this from you too. But I'm going to take credit for it because I can't <laughs> put it on the podcast. But yeah, you, you live off 50% of your income, yep. uh, your earned, earned income. So I, I have multiple income streams. And I take my one earned income where I run ads for companies. And I live off 50% of that. So I think – and I got my income down because I don't have a rent expense. My company pays for almost everything. And I run it through that because I can write that off and I can add it back. It, but uh, I'm getting off on a tangent. 50% you can live off of or 50% you save. And then the other 50% you live off of and you split that between 30% needs and then 20% wants. And uh, obviously you can mix that together as you need or you can kind of mix those numbers as you need. But I would try to save the 50% because that's how I'm able to keep buying and buying more properties yes. and doing these other things with you guys because – I didn't buy an expensive car or I'm not buying an expensive house with money that my business is making or that I need to have access to. I'm buying it off of earned income that I'm comfortable um, living off of every month. And I'm not risking, I guess I'm not risking the future for yeah. something that, that um, could, could or could not stay. Well, and I think sense. this is important because for the vast majority of all of us. And you get, sorry, you guys might hear uh, the, the lawn yeah, guys. The lawn here. guys. Cleaned. They're sorry like right that. outside here. <laughs> but um, I, we are the biggest inhibitor to our own success economically. Mm -hmm. Now, this occurs when you're starting at the bottom. You, we talk about these life cycles, okay? Let's say you're trying to move up into the middle class. Right there, this is a very simple for formula. You need to get you need to get as good of a job as you can. You need to create and uh, learn as much as you can. Like creating value in yourself, that's the first start that everybody's going to start. What are you giving? Why should someone hire you? What you know? What's your value to society? Bring that up. Learn. Uh, just get as much as you can. Get up in a higher income. Then on that process, as your income goes up, you can start to save money. You can start to test ideas. Maybe they're side businesses. Maybe they're financial vehicles that you can use. Then from there, you can create a model. Yep. Now, this model, now you have expertise. You have cash flow coming from your job. You have your savings. Then maybe get something started that's profitable inside. Then you can move all in from there and try to scale it up while siphoning that cash. So now, now so that this is your process from going from bound to, the, let's say, the middle class. Now you're trying to get up into, let's say, the 1%. Right, you get up into the one percent by saving your middle class income and putting that into real estate or other financial assets that will create wealth and grow up. Right, yeah. but you get into the point one percent where you get a net worth of millions and you're making lots of money by taking that even to the next level. So, getting rid of the W two, whether that's through those real estate assets, whether it's well, and you you never really get rid of the W two. You just yeah. have a W two in your own business. In your own business, and you're paying yourself fifty grand because you don't want to pay yourself one hundred fifty and pay payroll taxes on that. Exactly. Right. You take the profits, not the not the W two. You own the infrastructure, right? Instead of working on the infrastructure. Yes, exactly. And so you know, most of this too is just simple IP transfer, and I I don't think a lot of people understand this. Most of the businesses they have intellectual property and how they create value, how they get the value to market and how they sustain that value in the marketplace. Yep. That structure is intellectual property. 
if you know that and you know how to execute it, you can own that IP through legal forms like LLCs, different things like that. You can get trademarks, all this kind of stuff. If you own it and you can get it to market and produce the value, yep. then that's working on the system, not in it. Yep. Um, and that's most of the only difference between the top performers in a company and the, the boss. He owns the IP. Now, it takes a long time to get there, and that's why most people don't jump ship. But put yourself in a position to you can. You've got to create the opportunities. But then, too, it's no good to create opportunities if you're not in a position to capitalize on them. So I think you know, moving up from the middle class, siphoning it over, getting yourself in a position, not living like upper middle class people live. If you can grow your you income. You need to delay gratification. Yeah, absolutely delay that That's gratification. That's what you got to do. Live like you did when you were making you know, $30,000 a year when you're making sixty. Yeah. Right? Don't change that lifestyle as best you can. Now, that's really hard. People have kids, things like that. But limit that as much as you can to create the ability to well, capitalize on opportunity. And it's hard if you don't have the systems in place, but it's not hard for me. I automate it. So like 50% of my income just goes to a different account that I just I would need to go into the branch to get. Mm-hmm. So if you build your lifestyle off of what's hitting your bank account every month and you just split your bank accounts up, I have way too many. I probably have five different banks that I work with. And each one has a different purpose. One might be uh, one business, another one might be my personal or my other personal. And you do that because if you keep it all in the same bank and you can see it all, you're going to spend it. Yeah. You're just, it, it, yeah. You're just going to you're do gonna that. You're going to spend it. And so, especially if, you, like, say you have 50000 and it's your first time having 50000 in the bank account, oh, you're yeah. spending that thing. Yeah, it's gone. And so, move it to a bank account that you can't see and only use it for business opportunities and investment opportunities. That's the only reason you should spend it. Or... Yeah, I, even if you get sick or something, I would still use your other money. Worst case scenario, if you're sick, yeah. you can use that. But yeah, but you're right. You you need like we we talked about this a lot. You need not only rules, you need ways to execute those rules. Yeah, and I and keep automating it, so... it is really important because mm-hmm. if not, you're going to break your rules. Yep. So create the rules, automate the rules, and then build for the future. Yeah, I map it out like that triplex I bought. I mapped that out twelve months ago. And it's weird because I just pulled up the spreadsheet. I mapped out how much money I'd need. This is 12 months ago, before I even knew the property. I'd mapped out how much I needed. I automated the $4,000 a month I needed to put into that account. That money was in the account ready to roll. But I ended up getting the HELOC instead, which is a better don't spend the earned income, spend the HELOC money. But what I'm saying is I mapped out what I needed or what I wanted to get this year. And then I built a system to get it. And then I just executed that. I didn't need to look at that money. I didn't need to, because the second you start touching money, and this is for me, and I think it's for most people, even if you go to the bank and pull out the money and move it to banks, you're going to keep 200 bucks because you're going to say, oh no, I can go buy clothes. I can go spend it on this. You need to automate it so you never even touch it. And then that bank account has to be accessed through, it has to be hard to touch. Yeah. No, I could not agree more. Yeah. I, I think another good way to do this is work with like people get accountability partners Mm -hmm. and finding mentors. Cause I I think at least for me and lots of people, the hardest thing to do is create a plan on how to move forward because you don't have a plan. Yeah. And I think your plan needs to be create and be ready to capitalize on opportunities. Yeah. And then once again, this, this idea of creating mass wealth, you got to do it all. And I'm a firm believer in this. You got to save and, buy wealth creating assets. You got to start businesses. I mean, if you're shooting 
to go big, there's going to be, and I don't like the word risk because I don't view like what I do. I don't view it like risk. I don't view it like gambling, right? But with that said, there's going to be mass amounts of work and you're going to have to delay all your gratification for long periods of time. And you are going to have to be the owners of the intellectual property, the IP, all these systems that you're executing this plan on. Mm-hmm. In order to get massively wealthy, you have to own those systems. Yeah. You can't piggyback because that's just not how it works. Yeah. Piggybacks. But anyways, I hope that makes a lot of sense. This is a topic that we'll dive into even more. We, we need to do a whole long forum blog on how to achieve wealth, how to basically cut down on time and how to really, really grow that wealth quickly. I think it's a great subject. Thank you guys again for your emails. Once again, this we're doing this for free, everybody. Five-star rating. Let us know what you want to hear more of. That's what we're, we're talking about. And uh, we kind of schedule either our podcast, me and Rock, or our interviews to a based around this, which we sometimes do interviews, which I haven't put up because people come in and they want to sell things. And that's just not what I'm all about. We want to get you guys the best information to you. And uh, I don't want it to be full of fluff and crap. And (laughs) and my program's still $97 three payment. (laughs) Three payment. Bypass all that hard work, everything (laughs) and $97 three payment. All right. Thanks guys. We appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at Cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.